yeah, Georgia's a really good football team. And um, we need to be not only okay with it, but the rest of college football needs to reckon with it and stop trying to figure out a way that, uh, well, maybe Georgia's going to take a step back. Maybe not. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 313 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and this is the post-game show of the Georgia-Oregon game played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where Georgia, Stetson Bennett, A.D. Mitchell, Ladd McConkey, and a host of brand-new defenders on defense throttled the Oregon Ducks 49-3 on Saturday this is Will and Tony that you'll be hearing on the post-game show. They got together and filled about 20 minutes of quality Georgia information that you're going to want to hear. I, uh, I, I wasn't on this episode. I'm in a hotel in Greenville, South Carolina. More on that Tuesday evening for the preview show for the Samford-Georgia game coming up next Saturday. But yeah, hope you enjoy Will and Tony on this episode. And uh, here he is, Will, that is, to get things started. Hello, I am Will Leach. I'm here with Tony Waller. We are the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm sure Scott has put a fancy intro on this podcast. Uh, I was at the game yesterday, so I don't know what it looked like from home. But in person, Georgia looked considerably better than Oregon. It feels I don't know if they're translated to a television audience. 49 to 3. Uh, one thing, you know, that certainly we, there's really two different ways of t- talking about this. One really is about the defense and how they lost everyone still looked pretty uh, dominant. But I mean, what everyone's talking about today is, um, I, I you know, when Spencer Hall is tossing out uh, the words Stetson Bennett and Heisman in the same sentence, something's going on. That was uh, whatever Monken it was that did that, Tony, uh, was very, very impressive. That was if if this is the number 11 team in the country, and you know what? They might be by the end of the year. If this is the number 11 team in the country, um, there, there aren't going to be a lot of close games this year. Well, the thing that most impressed me was the game plan and how it was absolutely played into what Georgia does best and what tools Munkin has. Um, having said that, I realize it's a one game so far this season. Maybe Seth hasn't done anything else to prove, I mean, you know, I, I mean, look, Spencer Hall was saying Heisman and, and Setson Bennett unironically because when you go 25 of 31 for 368 yards and two TDs and another rushing touchdown, um, and frankly, it only looked like you had one bad throw and it wasn't that bad a throw. Um, that's that's what you get, but this is a Georgia team that you know, we and, and we'll get to the we'll get to the defensive side in a minute. You know, we were like, okay, the offense is poised to take a step. The offense is poised to take a step. And we certainly saw that. But when you look down at the receiving, if you had told me that Brock Bowers would, and Darnell Washington would only have uh, seven targets and four catches, um, and you throw, throw the target to Eric Gilbert in there too, you're like, well, Munkin has misused his tools. And that's just not the case. I mean, Kenny McIntosh, nine targets, nine catches. Lab McConkey, five targets, six catches. A.D. Mitchell, five targets, four catches. And it never looked like at any one time that Stetson was really rattled. And Oregon, Oregon was bringing pressure. I mean, there's no better way to think about it than that touchdown at the end of the first half when literally five guys had him hemmed up in the backfield. And he just like 
basically looped around, and there were two guys over there he could have thrown to. And lo and behold, he picked the one that was most open. When I saw that happen, I said, when is the last time we saw a Georgia quarterback do that? And, and my dad missed me. Is it 2017, Jake Brown? It's like, oh, that's right. It's been five years since we've seen a Georgia quarterback like literally look like he is about to get just like, okay, he's going to, the whole time I'm thinking like, all right, Seth, go down, let's get the points, go down, let's get the points. And he just weaves out of trouble and throws a pass. And then defensively, this is kind of a, a Kirby perfect game. You've won 49 to three. You know, you only gave up really one sustained drive and, or I guess you gave up two sustained drive. You, you had turnover down inside the pod, but there was enough defensively that, that Kirby gets to go back and yell at the defense. Uh, because, you know, there was only one three and out and, you know, they, they did move the ball some and there were defensive lapses. But when you sit down and look at this game and you're a Georgia fan, even the most clear out Georgia fan could not have possibly thought we were going to win this game 49 to three. And um, it was a fun, fun day to watch this game uh, with family, with friends at the lake uh, because it was nerve wracking the first five minutes. But after we stopped Oregon and drove right down the field and then basically stopped them and drove right back down the field, it was like, all right, everybody, let's let's have, you know, let's let's fix a drink. This is gonna be fine. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels what I was expecting the Samford game to look yeah. like. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is really kind of remarkable when you think about it. And whatever, listen, I understand this is Oregon's first game. I kind of enjoyed uh, Kirby Smart's quotes after the game where he said, uh, they, uh, they asked him about the the two teams and kind of have Landon be his for, former coach. And I think he said, he said, listen, he's not going to tell you this, but like, we just have better players than they do. They'll get there. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure he won't say that, nor should he. Uh, but we have better players than they do. And I think, you know, one of the things we've really talked about in a lot of our preview shows was this idea of how weird and kind of, kind of how, how to f- uh, f- facile the analysis was of wow georgia lost a lot on defense so clearly they're going to have a lot of holes to fill which i think shows uh, a lack of understanding of how that defense was put together last year right the idea that it was just tough guys kind of standing there and and the backups hoping to someday get their shot they were a part of this last year i think you saw that pretty clearly and listen whatever this is not a great oregon offense i don't think anyone thought that was going to be necessarily the strength of their team but other than and there was one drive and there were a couple penalties here there a couple I thought were a little shady but like they kept this team to three points right and like there was a little moment like at the end of the first quarter where I thought okay maybe they're gonna make a little thing here nope stop there again and I think that like this feels again Oregon maybe we'll see where they end up during the year but like shoot, man, let's say they end up where Clemson ended up last year, just outside the top 25. They didn't beat Clemson 49-3 to last year. And, no, and totally I think different game. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. And it does feel, I thought I was telling uh, everyone drink, because I'll mention something that was in Seth Emerson's piece. He kind of mentioned the idea that at a certain level, the way uh, Kirby Smart talked about this after the game was almost like, oh yeah, just to remind everyone, we totally score a lot of points, have a fun offense to play in. Because I think that's kind of this idea, there's still this kind of idea that this is a there's all this it's all man ball and it's all dull football and that's not what it is and that's certainly not this was i have to say that Bennett play felt like 
the def- that like obviously Bennett's going to have the, the the touchdown pass in the national championship game will forever be his big highlight. But that felt like the okay, he's probably not going to get drafted. But if he ever gets drafted, that's totally going to be the play that they show uh, of what he's capable of doing. And and it it made it look. For the last few years, playing on the Georgia defense has always looked like the most fun thing in the world. This made playing the offense look super, super fun. I'm sure recruits uh, noticed. Yeah, you have to notice, right? So, I mean, I, I, I saw, I, it might have, I think it was in Seth's article this morning. It's like, you know, everybody's worried about Georgia's lack of five-star receivers. And everybody's like, well, Kirby's just recruiting well. Um the leading receiver uh, was a three-star receiver, was catching a ball from a walk-on quarterback. Maybe Georgia's coaches can develop players pretty good in scheme. Um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a super fun day. I do want to make one quick note about Darnell Washington. That play where he slipped, he slipped off the tackler and then jumped over a guy, that was incredible. And then like the next drive, he caught the ball in the flats, and that same guy he jumped over was out there. And you saw that guy for Oregon visibly flinch almost <laughs> like he's like he's like oh no 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 not not no 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 i've already no. been through this I, once yeah it's like i i i, I it hey darnell washington's gonna make some safeties that wish they had, had played better point guard i'm guarantee you he <laughs> is the guy that is just like are you kidding me are you kidding me and he's the fourth or fifth option um yeah it's it was a fun day what was the atmosphere like? It, it certainly sounded like a super pro Georgia crowd, but it, what was the vibe in the stadium? Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, it was it was a super pro Georgia crowd. Though I thought Oregon showed out all right. I thought they, they had a pretty good, solid uh, representation there. They just didn't really have a lot to cheer about, right? <laughs> like and and it was loud, but it, you know, it's it actually is probably not entirely dissimilar from what your the lake house was like which was after the first first quarter it was like oh right okay we can just drink down right they they, they yeah, sell boo- they sell booze at, at college events now we can just totally and just uh and and enjoy this the rest of the way as we wanted to i think that that's what it felt like for all this talk about what georgia's gonna be like what's gonna feel like when they've actually won the championship they actually done it. and listen i gotta tell you it feels pretty good to watch uh um, to to watch the Ringo interception on the big ribbon board in Atlanta oh, wow. and have yeah. everybody cheer when it happens is pretty exciting. Uh, but there definitely did not seem to feel like it was a oh that was our moment. Uh, what what a wonderful time! And then only kind of reveling in that moment. People were ready to go. People were ready to go, and people were ready to watch the game. And I think that it got pretty loud. It didn't, you know. And it's funny because the vibe there's just less nervousness like there just is like there's still excitement and there's still uh they're they're ready and obviously it was very loud and there was a lot of joy it was a really fun game but the thing that's missing and i think what's gonna be interesting is this kind of season goes along that can be missing and it can still be exciting that thing of oh we're gonna blow it oh how are we gonna lose it how we go that's just gone now that's just gone now and now you can just be like oh wait we're awesome <laughs> and you just get yes. to like kind of watch that in a way that is i would say leads to a less fervid frantic manic environment but doesn't lead for to, to be any quieter <laughs> it doesn't make I, it any quieter i think that's kind of the key thing about it, and that's what i'm kind of kind of learned from watching that first game there is uh just because that terrified how's the other shoe gonna drop thing is gone does not mean that they they're not still pretty fervid yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because that was totally the way I felt 
yesterday during the game. Like I said, I, I was nervous. I mean, I, I literally did walk. I probably walked four miles on the porch uh, watching those noon games. So I just I just had a lot of nervous energy. But the realization, especially, like I said, we, once we drove down and made it 14 nothing, my emotional assessment was was not what it would have been in the you know 40 years before, which would have been like, oh, how are we going to screw this up? How, how are we going to Georgia this? And it was, okay, what exactly will the score be? Will we keep them out of the end zone? You know, I, you know, literally it went from that to like, okay, let's not anybody get hurt. Um, and it, it was an incredible thing. And, and speaking of interceptions by cornerbacks, well, I'm not sure where you were sitting. I mean, I had an idea based on some Instagram posts, but that Malachi Starks interception was unreal. That guy's a true freshman. He tracked the receiver, got his entire body turned around in the air and high pointed a ball that, and just came down with it. And it was just like, when he when he caught that, it was incredible. But the look on the Oregon player's face, he's just like, I cannot believe that guy just did that. I mean, the receiver was in awe of it. It was incredible. Yeah, that that's the guy that's supposed to be the weak spot. That's the guy you're supposed to be targeting. Yes, yeah, freshman, freshman cornerback. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what I can do. I think that's the thing that's got to be really frustrating for them. And I think this is what you're kind of seeing. Listen, this is what it's supposed to be, right? Like this is like it's one. Th- this is the death star in full operation. And I think you yeah. clearly, clearly saw that. And I think the major takeaway from this game is not just, wow, they're so much better than, I mean, frankly, a top three or four team in the back 12. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, we'll talk about, we can talk about Utah, Florida, if we want about uh, how the back 12 is looking right now, but certainly this is not a bad team. They've got a good coach and this is going in the right direction, but this is what Georgia does to a team like that. But more to the point, this is what Georgia does on offense now. Like, this is do, how they do offense now. And I think that is a major – like, I think when by choosing Bennett over Daniels, the perception of Kirby and whatever Munkin it is – was that well? They're playing their man ball. Like they're there. That's what they got to do. It's a very Kirby smart thing to do to pick the 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 the, the kid from the south. It's the walk on who's scrappy uh, and so on. And uh, they they don't want to score big. They just want to do ball control. That was not a ball control offense yesterday. That was not a oh let's just let the defense win the game. Let's make the offense not lose. That is not the way that offense played at all. That the defense could have had a lousy game. It, let's just say the nightmare scenario of the defense where every single offseason commentator is like like oh yeah, wow they lost all those players how are they gonna refill them what if they don't have those guys they don't won this game 49 to 21 mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of 49 to 3 and i think that to me is the major takeaway the defense was looks good and that's obviously still going to be the thing that that george is going to win games with but this looked like a top five offense and an exciting top five offense and it's gonna be a while until you run into a defense that's going to give this team problems, which it makes me think uh, the notion that you're going to start seeing uh, Stetson Bennett put up some pretty big numbers uh, and maybe start getting some of that talk does not seem entirely off to me. Well, I mean, look at it this way. There were two top 10-ish matchups yesterday. If you had said, okay, pick the score, Ohio State versus Notre Dame, Georgia versus Oregon. The top-ranked team is going to win both games. One scores 21 to 10, one scores 49 to 3. It would have been a no-brainer thing to say, oh my God, Ohio State just housed Notre Dame. 
Ohio State scored 21 points and struggled to do it. It was crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy, crazy game. Um, and I, it's probably going to take us some time to get our heads around in the national media's heads around the fact that yeah, Georgia's not playing man ball. Georgia's playing like, hey, guys, we're going to go score some points. Our defense is still pretty good, and we feel like by the end of the season it could be as good or really close as last year. Oh, and on top of that, you also have to scheme around a legit one, two, three, four, five playmakers, uh, of which three are on the field at all times. And frankly, a quarterback who did a fantastic job of, of looking off plays, of making reads. There's no doubt that having the starts and being the number one through spring and number one through fall has significantly improved what Stetson can do and what Monken knows he can do with Stetson. And if I'm not saying I'm not saying he will, but if Stetson continues down this path uh, of you know, <laughs> look, he, he was 80 percent on the day and over 300 yards. That is, I guess those are Justin Fields' numbers, right? I mean, they're, they're better numbers than what Bryce Young had last year when the Heisman went. <laughs> and I'm not willing to say Stetson will be in New York. I'm just not going to say that. But any notion that Stetson is, is like the wink leak, if there is such a thing, is probably dead. That's not to say that he won't have a Stetson game because, you know, frankly, he's, he's still a human being. And, and there probably are going to be more and more defensive coordinators that game plan towards, you know what, he's not going to throw the ball for, for you know, 35 times complete 29 passes on this. That's just not a thing we can let him do. Um, but is there anything that you saw yesterday, at least, that made you think that Munkin will figure that out kind of on the fly and make it work? It's well, they're very well positioned. <laughs> just, yeah. It's just yeah. very well positioned. I don't think there's any question about that. And particularly because, again, remember last year after they won, after they beat Clemson, you were like, okay, this is kind of a clear path for him now. This could be a special year. Imagine if they would have beat Clemson like that yesterday <laughs> about what we'd be thinking uh, oh, about I, this I would, have, I would I would 100% been thinking, well, South Carolina's going to beat us by three. That's, that's <laughs> what last year was like, right? But not anymore, right? Not anymore. Oh. Not, and again, who knows? Georgia kids still Georgia this. I certainly discovered this this weekend that Illinois is very capable of Illinoising a lot of things. But uh, it feels like this – this feels, I mean, it feels like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. It feels like Alabama, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it feels like prime Alabama. And that's, it feels exciting. like, I mean, I'm not making the comparison between Tua and Stetson, but it feels like Tua, Alabama. Fun times. Fun times yeah. is a fair thing hey, to say. Speaking of the SEC East, so mm -hmm. maybe Billy Napier's got something working in Florida. We'll see. Yeah, yes, clearly, clearly. I mean, that's a huge freaking win, man. Again, I repeat yeah. to everybody, Utah was considered a, a sleeper college football playoff component. And now they are uh, 0 and one and everybody, and now they're realizing if we can't beat a starting over Florida, we're never winning national championship though. Of course, now the playoff format is going to change, which we'll talk about Tuesday, by the way, we'll talk yeah, about man. this. We'll talk about that stuff Tuesday, but, um, but no, it was a fun time. Tailgate, the tailgate vibe was great. It was hotter than I thought it was going to be. I think there was hope that it was going to cool off a little bit. It was very, very hot. Shout out to Jonathan Gans for hosting us. At the uh, uh, at the tailgate, I anecdotally speaking, I found fewer diehards out than at past okay. games. I was okay. going to be a, a fair thing to say it. Uh, the Columbus crew didn't really make the trip. A lot fewer people from that that kind of in our crew in Athens that made the trip. I know that Robert Wolf was there, and that, that kind of crew was there, and the people that make every game were there. But the you know the the cat like ticket prices were not insane. 
for this game. So I think that I think that uh, uh, I, it feels weird to have to kind of pump people up. But like, if you thought last year was fun, I don't know, man. This uh, if you like, if you thought last year was fun, it's like, oh, they do it all on defense, and we're gonna have this fight about quarterback stuff all year. That stuff's gone. Like this team is this team is this team right now looks to me like an offensive team with a great defense, uh, and that's a fascinating thing to watch moving forward, particularly because. It kind of feels like uh, not just we talked about Stetson not having to prove anything, uh, maybe having to prove something. Kind of feels like Kirby Smart has a hey, just so you know, I can coach offensive quarterbacks super super well. Watch what we can do this year, and it feels like if anything, that's what this year is being set up as. Oh man, it's going to be a fun year. I mean, you know, look, I was thinking about this. We uh, I, last year driving back from Charlotte, I did the. I did this post game uh, while we were on the road back, so we could be at the lake with my parents. Um, and I, uh, it's and part of it is having won the national championship. I won't deny that, but it feels super weird, but super fun thinking about what the season might look like. Because frankly, the offense looked like it's pro- it's just progressed from where it did at the end of the season last year, and has gotten that much better. And the defenses. Has has some growing to do, things to fix. Oregon did move the ball some, uh, but Georgia did a great job of getting off the field with them. But as this defense grows and as it gets better, I, they actually got better through the game, right? I, I wouldn't say they're quite sentient yet, the way uh, I think Spencer Hall described them. But you could see some of those bones. And I do I do want to talk about when they saw uh, my large adult Australian son punt one time. That's a fifty six yarder. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Right>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, just that. Um, yeah, Georgia's a really good football team, and um, we need to be not only okay with it, but the rest of college football needs to reckon with it and stop trying to figure out a way that, uh, well, maybe Georgia's going to take a step back. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Exciting times all the way around, my friend. Very fun time. Well, I, I always encourage everyone to go to this game. When I think they're going to do it every three years. It's always fun. Uh, it is a very good time. And particularly, and, and also, one nice thing about uh, playing at, at the bins uh, if you're really hot tailgating all day, it's air conditioned. <laughs> it's actually pretty nice in there. And they sell booze in there. Like we literally went into the game, like ordinarily you're tailgating and you like go at the last second or unless you want to see all the intros, and you want to get there. Now it's just like, well, it's hot outside. I'll go indoors to the game and cool off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is right. a weird way to think of college football. But is the way that yeah, it speaking of the boys had a good time. The whole oh, family yeah. went right. Oh yeah, all four of us went. It was a very nice time. Uh, I mean, it was it was such a blowout that like you know just the second half we just kind of chilling. But I was glad to note that at the moment at the beginning of the game they do the uh, they have all the Chick Fil A little stuffed uh, cows that they drop from the rafters via parachute. I'm yep. proud to say that I got one. So when has named him, I got one, when has named him Fall, which seems like a reasonable name for a cow that's fallen from the rafters of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So uh, uh, very happy to get one of those and uh, and uh, enjoy. Uh, I like to, it's, it's always nice to get a memento, even if it's a uh, this surreal notion of a falling cow <laughs> a parachute from a football game stadium. We will be back Tuesday night. Enjoy the rest of your time as your lake at the lake, man. Um, we'll be back Tuesday night because we, and we are going to talk about this college football playoff business because obviously it's a pretty big story and obviously it uh, deals a lot of things. I, it is wild to think that Georgia would have been the fifth seed last year. I was thinking about that, but they would have hosted a game against Pitt at Sanford Stadium, which I don't know. I feel like would have been kind of fun. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been not fun. <laughs> it wouldn't have been not fun. Um. All right, man. Uh, have a. Uh, we'll talk Tuesday night. Have a great rest of your trip. Say have your family and everyone. Uh, uh, Scott will put this up, and uh, we'll be back around on Tuesday night. Looking forward to it.
Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to uh, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at WSLS Podcast. Will, Tony, and I will all be back on Tuesday evening recording our Georgia versus Samford preview show. It's the home opener. we got to get ready for it. Until then, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you on campus this coming Saturday. And as always, go dogs.